0: Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Woohoo! Well, good morning, Blaze Church. I am so excited for today and for you that you decided to come out and join us this morning and be a part of what God is doing here, uh, Blaze Church at the Riverhead Moose Lodge. And so I'm Pastor Amy, if we haven't gotten a chance to meet, um, and so I am just excited this morning. And so I am gonna express greetings from my husband, Pastor Keith. He is not here this morning because he was asked to um, lead a men's group uh, in Pennsylvania. So he is on his way back home. So pray for him as he travels the highways and the George Washington Bridge. So um, hopefully he gets home before bedtime because, you know, I've been doing that with my kids the last few nights solo. So, um, but yes, yeah, so so he, he's been having a great time, and so um, we're just blessed that you know he can be doing that and sharing and pouring into men's lives, and I'm here this morning ready to share part two of our series, Seed to Seeds, with you all this morning. And so before we um, dive in, I just want to highlight something. Yesterday, we had a team here, Blaze Church Dream Team, uh, a few individuals that came and actually did a local missions project, and what that means is they got their hands dirty and um, they demoed one of the bathrooms here for the Riverhead Moose Lodge. It was just an act of generosity of serving with their time. And so we have, I think, a picture of that. And so in the last service, yeah, there you go. That's awesome. So if you were a part of that, just accept those applause of thanks because you really made a difference um, by serving yesterday. And um, so now we'll we'll see um, as that bathroom's renovated, we have one located over there and there's some signs on the door that, you know, you can figure out what to do with that. But um, so... We're just excited, and so I'm excited to be here this morning. Um, You guys seem like you're more awake because you got more sleep and an extra hour, so um, I'm excited about that. You're excited. Lots of excitement going on here this morning, and so we are in part two of our series, Seed to Seeds, learning how to grow in radical generosity, because we say that every week. We are radically generous, right? And so last week, we answered the question, am I? Am I radically generous? And we learn that we can be radically generous because God was radically generous to us. And so we discovered that we all have the same potential to live this way and to grow this way. And so we are gearing up for our end of the year offering, which we're calling our seed offering. And that is on December 12th. And so what we're doing with that really is any giving that comes in is not staying for Blaze Church. We are giving it away. And so there's local ministries, national ministries, and also global ministries that we are going to be giving to. So this series is really just to prepare our hearts for that. And so we are going to dive in together and read some of God's word. Um, So last week, Pastor Keith um, showed you guys this. Does anyone remember what it is? Yeah, mustard seeds. There's a lot of mustard seeds. And so a mustard seed is um, potentially one of the smallest seeds that we have. And there's a picture of it, someone's hand, right? Because if I open this, I'm promised that they'll be all on the floor. So, um, But there is tiny, tiny, tiny seeds here. And so its p- potential is that this seed, when planted, can grow to about a 20-foot tall tree. That's pretty amazing and incredible, right? This tiny seed has the potential to grow into a tree of that size. And so, actually, I'm not gonna open this, but Josh is gonna open one of these. And Josh is gonna take one of those tiny seeds out for us. And so bear with me, so, yeah, just one. So last week, I was in, just put it in there. And last week, I was teaching the preschoolers. And so, uh, on that side of the wall, and so, That teaching you is my most favorite thing to do. And they're like, oh, really? And it really is. And I said, next week, I have to teach the adults. And so I decided to bring a little preschool with us here with some props. So I hope you think it's fun and enjoyable. And I hope that we learn together and grow together. So you can't see it, but I promise you, Josh put a tiny mustard seed in here. And it's because we want it to grow. Right? So we're going to watch the seed grow. Someone said at the first service, it looks like you're going to do a magic show. <laughs> I was like, that would be my most favorite thing. OK, steady seed, grow. No magic here, nothing of that sort. The seed is not growing. Why? Yeah, it's no soil. It's not in the right spot. This is not the right spot for a seed to grow and produce more seeds. Nothing's gonna happen. I could probably leave it here for a long time and still nothing is gonna happen. It's not in the right spot. And so can I make a confession? Is that okay? Okay, so I really want to be good at having house plants in my house. So I really want to, like in my heart, I want to be good at this. I want to have plants. I I water them. And I've had plants before. And I water them. And I encourage them with my words. And I'm kind to them. And I put them in the sun and all the things. And um, they always die. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Maybe like this morning I need to test the soil. We'll talk about that in a bit, but I don't understand. So my confession to you all is if you come to my house, I'm the house that has the fake houseplants in them, okay? So now you all know, please don't judge me. But um, yeah, so that's my confession. And what that has to do with this sermon is pretty much nothing. I just felt like I needed to share that with you. So you knew that I really do try my best with houseplants and good thing Jesus is giving us the sermon this morning on planting seeds and not me. So um, there is one thing I do know though, and you guys said it, this seed will not grow unless there's some soil, unless it has the right spot. And so with that, simplifygardening.com says you should test and evaluate your soil before planting seeds. And why? Here's the quote. Because healthy soil means a healthy harvest. Isn't that the goal? You want the seed to grow and produce more seeds. So this morning, that's what we're going to do. We, the seeds, are going to evaluate the soil we have found ourselves in lately. And I promise you it's going to get a little hairy, but bear with me because we're going to read Jesus's words. And so we're going to do a soil test. And Jesus didn't call it a soil test, but I'm calling it a soil test. And so he shared a parable, which is just a story, a made up story with a lot of spiritual truth in it. And so it says in Mark, that's where we're going to be, chapter four, verses three through eight. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it up. As he scattered it across the field, oh, I'm sorry, other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil. They sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. You, the seed only sprout and grow when you're in the right soil. So Jesus here is describing four different soils, four places a seed can be. A footpath, the birds come. Rocky, there's no depth to it. Thorny, grows a little, but nothing's produced. The fertile, which produces A harvest that produces more. And so, obviously, it's the fertile soil, right? That wins in Jesus' parable that has everlasting effects beyond itself. So, last week we learned the potential we have to be radically generous. And this week we're going to talk about having Proper placement so that we can grow in radical generosity. Because seed placement matters if we want to grow into a fruit-producing tree. We can see that from here. (laughs) So what happens after Jesus shares this parable to the crowds is that his disciples are very confused. And they're like, Jesus, I hear you about all the soils, but... What does that mean for me? And so if you have the same question, don't fret. You are not alone. And Jesus explains later on in that passage what he means. So we're going to jump out to verse 14, and Jesus starts to explain it. He says, The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. Jesus said this seed, this person hears the gospel, hears the message that you get to be radically generous because he was radically generous. But the birds come and gobble him up. Okay, hold on. I got to do this The anticipation, right? The birds come and gobble them up. <laughs> okay? This seed hears the message. Hears the potential that they have to be radically generous, but immediately believes the lie. I can't do this. She doesn't know how I have to live. Doubt, fear, fear. Questions start to pile on. This seed is afraid to trust God with what it has. And as seeds of potential, we don't want this outcome. We don't want to be eaten by birds and digested by birds and discarded by birds. We don't want that. You don't want that for your life. I know that you don't. I don't want that for my life. And when the gospel message is presented, the opportunity to be radically generous is shared. This seed falls on the footpath and accepts the lie instead of the truth. The lie that I, I can't do that and tunes out. And 1 Peter 5.8 says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion or my edition, squawking bird looking for someone to devour. And today we get to choose to be alert to his schemes and his lies. We get to respond and say, we're aware of that lie and we don't accept that. You won't snatch me up like a bird, right? And that we will trust God and his plans for our lives, and that we can be generous. And some of you today are just not alert yet. And I'm telling you, be alert because the devil wants to immediately snatch you up. And today we're calling out his lies and we're calling out the doubt and we're saying, we don't want to live that way anymore. You don't want to live that way anymore. You want to live radically Generous with what you have. And it starts by rejecting the footpath, rejecting the hard soil, and trusting God because He is truth. So we say, Yes, I can be radically generous. I can. And then Jesus, He describes a second type of soil a seed can be found in. So here we go. Who remembers? Nobody remembers. Yeah, I was going to say, we just read it. Come on. The rocky soil, okay? Mark 4, verse 16. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message, immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Now, before you get mad at me, I'm reading Jesus's words, okay? You're with me? I'm reading Jesus's words. Jesus said, this seed hears, accepts it with joy, and then the hot sun beats down, and there's no deep roots, in Greek, the word is actually temporary. This seed sprouts temporarily. Because the minute some really hard life stuff happens, this seed says, Jesus, who? Waymaker? I don't think so. Miracle worker, no. Promise keeper, like that song we sang, but in question form. And we've all been there, myself included. This seed prays and thanks God when things are going good, but ignores his power and his presence when the sun beats down, when the job is lost, when the relationship goes south, when things don't go the way we anticipated. There's joy for a little bit, but there's no sustenance. can't sustain a generous lifestyle because there's no roots. If the roots aren't deep, it dies. I want to read it to you in the Message Bible. Mark 4, verse 16, Jesus says, And some are like the seed that lands in the gravel. When they first hear the word, they respond with great enthusiasm. But there's such a shallow soil of a character that when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arise there's nothing to show for it. And this one has my stomach in knots too, so you're not alone. Lord, I don't want to be described as shallow soil of character. no show me. Remember, we're doing a soil test this morning, a little uncomfortable. Any test is a little uncomfortable, right? And so when the emotions wear off, there's nothing to show for it. So the question you may be thinking was, well, I don't want to be there. How do I get out of the rocky place, right? How do I grow deep roots in God? And this is how a small group. You get around like-minded people and you encourage one another and you tell them what's going on. Small groups here at Blaze Church are safe spaces to share life's difficulties with. Every week that I go to my small group and I share a piece of my life, I know that I'm going to be met with encouragement, love, and prayer. We hold one another's difficulties for each other. And so through being in a small group, you will grow and your, de- your roots will grow deep because we need each other. Think about it. If you went rock climbing by yourself, you might run into some problems, right? <laughs> You're not gonna go do that by yourself. Therefore, we should not be doing this life alone. The text said the seed that lands in the gravel has shallow soil of character and there's nothing deep about it. It falls away from following the truth of God's word and compromises. But when we choose to grow deeper in relationships with the people of God and other believers, we grow deeper roots ourselves because I promise you 100% of the time, Difficulties are going to come in your life. They come in mine too. And we're going to be tempted to stop being generous. But when we have a place to go to and people to go to, to ask our questions to, they're going to encourage us. And that's going to combat the rocks in our life because we need to grow deep roots to sprout and to last. And so that was the second soil. Now we're on to the third soil. So you're probably on to what I'm doing here. So what was the third soil? The thorny soil. And I thought this was pretty fun- funny. This came out of my garden because I haven't cleaned it out from the summer. So now you know two things about me. But so <laughs> Jesus says the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. So they hear God's word. And they quick. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by, and he gives three examples of how God's message is crowded out by thorns. By the worries of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. Remember, that's the goal, to be a seed that makes more seeds. During his ministry, Jesus, he encounters a lot of people like this. And so when I was thinking about this message, I was thinking he encountered a man that lived this way with thorns just crowding out what truly living for God looked like. And so he's been deemed the rich young ruler. okay, And he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, I've obeyed everything. Like I go to church every week. I give, I sure do. I serve as well. And so he comes to Jesus really looking for validation. And in Luke chapter 18, uh, Jesus responds to him. And he says, there is still one thing you haven't done. And he says, sell all your possessions, Give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. So maybe he was clinging to his richness more than God. And his response can maybe represent us this morning. Maybe when we tend to cling to materials more than God or comforts or even our worries, the good things we worry about. Did you know that those good things could sometimes become bigger than God in our life? And now we're thinking and looking to those things more than we are God. It's true. You might be really worried about your children. So much worried about your children all the time. And the time you spend with God is about this much. Our children are great. We love them. They're a gift. But not before lo- my Lord. So if we're being honest today, which I hope we are because we're doing a soil test, this man probably represents the most common and normally accepted attitude when it, lives, when it comes to living radically generous or not. We like our stuff, we like our security, and we want more of it. Jesus says, these things is what prohibits us from living in a radically generous way. The worries of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. And Jesus says, not maybe, he says, these things will crowd out God's word in your life. You will not produce fruit if you choose to live this way because Jesus knows that a tree that's not producing fruit, it's not multiplying, it's not going forward, it's not creating more seeds, it's actually holding on to the things of this world, the cares of this world, the thorns and the worries of life, especially here on Long Island, right? We like to say that, oh, if I live somewhere else, things would get better. Probably not, because you're gonna go there too. And if you're not surrendered to the work and the power of God, there still will be thorns, I promise. So, just like you, what is attempting to choke us from living radically generous? Because it's going to happen. Is it the mortgage bill, the weight of the car payment, having the newest? technology, having a big savings account maybe, or maybe it's just the financial pressures of making ends meet. I hear you. I was thinking the other day, I went and got gas and I was like, oh my goodness. And there was a time in my life when I was like, I can only get $10 gas, that's all I have. That's okay. You can still live radically generous if that's all you have. But maybe that's what consumes you. That's what you're focused on. In Matthew 6, and I encourage you to go and read that chapter because it reminds us that God cares for the lilies of the field. He clothes them, and we don't have to worry. It's such an encouraging passage, because when we truly surrender our cares, this life, and our worries to him, doesn't mean we don't act and do anything. It just means that our trust is in him. It's not thorns. It's not crowding out. Our eyes are focused now on Jesus, because he cares so much for you. Did you know he cares so much for you and me that he took thorns on his head for you when he was on the cross? The crown of thorns, they pierced his head. So guess what? We don't have to allow the thorns of this life to crowd out our potential to live radically generous. We don't have to. And we don't know what this man does in the story. The text doesn't tell us. Does he proceed to sell all his possessions and choose to follow Jesus? Or does he say, no, I like that stuff too much. I'm just going to go with my stuff. We don't know what he does. But Jesus, later on in the chapter, Luke 18, verse 29, he says this to the people there. He said, and I assure you, everyone who has given up for the sake of the kingdom will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world in the sorry in the world to come. He said given up. Given up comforts, given up success, gives up money, gives up time, gives up fame. Those people who choose to give up for the glory of God will gain so much more now and forever. So the question is, are there thorns choking out your ability to live radically generous? And remember, we're doing a soil test, so I'm right there with you. And if the answer is yes, and there's thorns and there's worries and cares, Next week, Pastor Keith is going to preach a message that's going to be practical, practical living. We also need practical living. (laughs) We need to know how to budget and stick to it. We need to know how to live within our means of what we make. So that's going to be next week. So I encourage you to come. Um, Now we're on the final soil. Hopefully we remember that one. Who remembers? Fertile, fertile soil. So we already knew from the beginning of Jesus' parable is that this is the best soil to be in, right? But we're evaluating this morning. We're testing where we are as seeds. And so I think if we're being honest and evaluating honestly, there's probably few of us that find ourselves in the fertile soil this morning. And if we're um, ready, God is going to take us there if we choose to, because we have a choice. And so Jesus continues to explain. In verse 20, he says, And the seed that fell on good soil, the fertile soil, it represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest. 30, 60, even a hundred times as much as has been planted. So all these soils, they heard God's word, the call to be radically generous. Three of them accept the word as truth, but ends up falling away. But only one soil was able to produce beyond just itself. Jesus says a hundred times more. What a generous seed that is, right? To grow and produce beyond just itself. Being a radically generous person, it doesn't just happen by chance. It happens by choice. You need to choose. You need to test the soil of where you are, evaluate your generosity, and then choose to line it up with God's word. And so when I was thinking about a biblical example of someone that chose to live this way, my daughter, Cece, her favorite Bible story came into my mind and it's a man named Zacchaeus. And so Zacchaeus, there was like a song when I was a kid, like. A wee little man was he. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And so Zacchaeus, he's like a really short guy and um, he's greedy. He's a tax collector. Um, So what he would do was take the taxes from the people, but then take more, overcharge them and then pocket the rest for himself. So he made a little something, you know, and he, he was doing well for himself. He overcharged, he stole, he didn't live generous. He didn't give to others. He took from others and for himself. And so he heard that Jesus was coming to town. And because he was really short, he had to go climb up in the tree to see where Jesus was. And so I feel like I could relate to Zacchaeus because I can't see tall, past tall people myself. But I don't know if I could climb in a tree these days. But um, so this is where we are in the story. Luke 19 verse 5. When Jesus came by, he, meaning Zacchaeus, I mean Jesus, looked up at Zacchaeus And called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. So Zacchaeus, he heard this invitation that Jesus had for him. He heard the message to be in relationship with Jesus, to be close to him. And he called Zacchaeus to follow him. When Jesus enters his life, even with the whole mess that Zacchaeus is, he already knows. He knows that he is a grimy, slimy, stealer, idolater. He knows that he's living selfishly. But he still calls Zacchaeus by name and he says, Come on, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out with you. I'm gonna be with you. And so in verse 6, we see that Zacchaeus. Responds. He accepts. He, he Zacchaeus quickly climbed down the tree and oh I added that. Quickly quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Zacchaeus chose to push against the lie that inevitably came into his mind and said, Why Jesus doesn't want to hang out with you? You're you're a mess. You're you lie, you steal and he said no more excuses and he even pushed against the persecution that he found because he made his wealth from tax collectors from collecting taxes the people didn't like him and in verse 7 it says the people were displeased and they said about Jesus he's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner they grumbled you know those people, those grumbly people right so now Zacchaeus has a choice. Trust Jesus at his word and go with him, even though he's a mess. Or say, no, that's too hard. Jesus is probably going to like change me. I, I'd rather just keep doing what I'm doing. Worrying about what I'm worrying about. Clinging to what I'm clinging on to. And then in verse 8 it says, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord. And said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Zacchaeus chooses to be a seed that produces. He's changed. He says four times as much. He says, I will give. I will give half of my wealth. So what he's saying is I'm going to live on 50%. I can live on 50% and I'm going to give half to the poor. And then the second thing he says is I'm going to give back four times what I stole. The law at that time required you to give back 20% of what you stole. So for argument's sake, if he stole $100, he only needed to give back $120, right? Math people, Yes? Nobody? Okay, yes. Somebody said yes. So, but he's saying, I'm going to give four times what I stole. So 100 times four is 400. So he's saying, I stole $100. I'm only required to give 120, but I'm actually going to give $400. That sounds pretty radical to me, doesn't it? So, why? What in the world would cause Zacchaeus to do that? to respond in such a radical way. Zacchaeus was greedy. He wasn't generous prior to meeting Jesus. So what happened? Why the big transformation? Jesus called him, and Zacchaeus responded and chose to follow him, and radical generosity was the outcome. The soil Zacchaeus was in was fertile because Jesus is there. Jesus was in Zacchaeus' house, in his business, and in his bank account because Jesus said only the seed and fertile soil will sprout, grow, and multiply beyond itself. So when we put aside the cares of the world, selfishness and truly trust that Jesus took every thorn he already knows, then we can trust him and we can grow in generosity because I want to grow in being generous and I know you do too. So we're going to ask him to evaluate the soil we've been living in, test it and show us And then when the conditions start to get really hard, you're going to have other believers that are there with you, praying for you, encouraging you, and giving to you as well. There was a time in my life when friends sent me a check and they didn't know the situation I was in, and it was right on time. God sees you. He knows where you're at. And he calls you by name, just like he did Zacchaeus. So what soil do you find yourself in this morning? Because we all have the same potential to be a seed that sprouts and grows and produces more seeds. And I want to end our time together with this word Jesus gives on later in the chapter, Mark 4. It's after he explained his parable and it's in the message translation. It's Mark 4, verse 24 and 25. Jesus says, listen carefully to what I am saying. Be wary of the shrewd advice that tells you how to get ahead in the world on your own. Giving. Not getting is the way. Generosity begets generosity. And stinginess impoverishes. And as the band joins me on stage, I want us to respond and I want us to pray. And so these are some things I'm going to pray towards for all of us. I want to pray against the lies of the enemy, the bird that's going to try to come and snatch you away. I want to pray that we grow deep roots by joining a small group and being in community with other believers. I want to pray we remember that Jesus took the burdens and the thorns on him so we don't have to. And I want to pray that we choose to live radically generous by sprouting, growing, and then multiplying. So if you'd stand with me, I'm gonna lead us in prayer and then we will respond in worship. If you bow your head, close your eyes, and just ask God to evaluate your heart in this moment and where you find yourself, what soil it is. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your words. They pierce us, they cut us deep, Lord. May you reveal to us what it is we haven't trusted you with, what we haven't surrendered to you yet. Father, I pray that you bring that to the surface of our lives, Lord, and that you provide every next step for us to live in a radically generous way, Lord. I pray against the lies of the enemy that say we can't be radically generous because that is not true. We can we get to because you sent your son, Jesus, gave him up so that we can live forever with you. So Lord, I pray for every person here this morning as they hear your words, Father, that you would go before them and pave the way so that they can live radically generous lives that bring you glory, that we lay aside selfishness. Lore of wealth, the worries, Lord, and that we just daily surrender it to you, Lord. We thank you that we can be in relationship with you. And I thank you for this time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if it's one of your first times here or first time hearing that message that Jesus calls you by name, I'm not going to let this moment go by without giving you opportunity to accept Jesus, to say, Yes, you did die for me, Lord. And I accept that as truth. So this morning, if you've never said yes to Jesus and accepted him as Lord and Savior of your life, I'm going to pray, and there's nothing really special in my prayer. What you make it with the Lord and so he can change you just like that just like he did for Zacchaeus and so let's take this moment and let's just pray this prayer and then we're going to worship together Heavenly Father I need you I am in desperate need of saving this morning if that's you right now I want you to say that out to him why don't we say it all together Jesus i need you i'm in desperate need of saving today i declare that you are my god and that i surrender to you thank you for making me new in jesus name amen